2: The Grieving Parent Sharing Hope podcast is almost at its 100th episode, and we want to show our appreciation by giving away a $100 Amazon gift card. From now through March 13th, those who donate $20 or more to help this podcast continue will be entered into a drawing. The winner of the $100 gift card will be drawn and announced on our 100th episode, which will be on March 16th. To be eligible, go to gpshope.org go donate. Be sure to click where it says to add a special message and write the words, enter me into the drawing or something along that line with your gift of $20 or more. The Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast has been here faithfully every week since April of 2019. If GPS Hope has been a blessing to you, bringing godly hope and encouragement after the death of your child, please help us continue providing support and resources to perievers and help us celebrate 100 episodes of this podcast by going to gpshope.org slash go slash donate and give a gift of at least $20. Be sure to let us know with your gift that you want to be entered into the drawing for the $100 gift card. 100 is a number to celebrate. Let's celebrate each other together. This is the last episode in our series of grief and music after child loss. You're going to be listening to about half of the conversation I had with Hannah Linton and her mom, Kathy Wilson, that was recorded as a video in 2017 for our Hope and Healing Virtual Summit. Kathy is a singer-songwriter, and one of her CDs I played over and over and over again as it ministered to me in my place of suffocating darkness after my daughter Becca died. I sent Kathy an email thanking her for the CD and telling her how her music was helping me, and in turn, she told her daughter Hannah about me. Hannah had recently birthed a premature daughter who lived only a few hours. Hannah is the first person who reached out to me asking for help with her loss. We became very close as we corresponded with each other. And about three years ago, we finally got to meet each other face to face. And we held each other and cried. Hannah and her mom, Kathy, have a very special place in my heart, and I am thrilled to give you the chance to meet them in this episode. We are going to jump in to where I asked Hannah to share her story with us.
0: My husband and I got married when I was 19, and shortly after I got pregnant with our first little lady, um, and I lost her at 20 weeks. Her, Her name was Shirai. It was like the, quite the first year of marriage in the sense of um, we had to very quickly get into much heavier things than a lot of our friends were having to deal with. But we've been married now 12 years and um, we've lost eight babies and we have four precious babies. So we've been pregnant 12 times in 12 years, <laughs> which was quite the journey. Um, anyway. So Shirai was my firstborn, and then we had, um, we had Aradai and Aurora who Aradai is now 10 and Aurora is eight. And then we had several miscarriages in between pregnancies and then we had Mercy. So I got pregnant with Mercy in 2012 and uh, suffered within the first eight weeks uh, subchorionic hemorrhage, which meant I bled and bled a lot. And because of that, my body was not doing well <laughs> with sustaining the pregnancy and even just staying alive. I had to have a lot of blood transfusions. I had to be in the hospital a lot and we fought very hard for her life. It was really cool because my son actually named her. Um, when we found out it was a girl, he, he said, mom, I, I feel like her name's supposed to be Mercy. And that was really special for him to have that connection point with her. Um, And he was the first person to feel her move in my belly. And um, it was just a really special time. But then, um, yeah, we did. I ended up going into labor um, at 19 weeks. My mom actually delivered her in the hospital and she lived for 90 minutes. And that was a really precious time for us. All my siblings got to come and hold her and my dad did and my mom. um, my husband and and his sister there's nothing like holding your child till their heart starts beating i remember in that moment thinking i want to savor every possible bit of this that i can we were allowed to keep her in in bed with us in the hospital until the the funeral home came to pick her up and you know that that gave her, gave space for us to really celebrate her you know we we got a bottle of pink champagne and counted all her toes and all her fingers and made sure everything was wonderful. We took wonderful exactly. pictures. We had so many pictures. I was going to
2: say, you have beautiful yeah. pictures. Uh, I mean, they're just amazing pictures. They really are. And so we were
0: just able to really, really um, savor her, be able to sing over her be- um, before we went to bed and in the process of coming home from the hospital. and explaining to the children that, that the baby had died was obviously excruciating, but it caused my children to really rise to the occasion and to choose in their hearts to, to see that she was worth loving even for the small amount that we got her. Um, and that is something that my kids love better because of that. And I, I wouldn't have wanted that to be the way they got their capacity to love but it's been the gift that it's been <laughs> he really has given mercy to my family
2: yeah talk about sacred yeah wow wow let's go ahead and get into the subject of music and grief so Kathy I have your CD nothing will I withhold I've had it for years I had it before Becca died and when I lost Becca that was one of the CDs that I would just put on repeat in my prayer room and just cry before the Lord and just let that music and the words just minister deeply to my soul And I know that I am not the only grieving parent who has been ministered to by your music. I know I even saw a YouTube video of someone talking about they'd given it to a friend and she was sharing about how it ministered to her in the depth of her darkness and grief. And I'm guessing you hear that frequently with your music? Yeah. It's amazing to me
0: that I get to offer to others a vehicle into the presence of God, because ultimately it's not the song. It's not the lyrics. It's the Holy Spirit. He's birthed the songs out of my desperation, out of my journey. And it's universal. We are all broken in some way. And whether my loss equals yours or vice versa, we can all relate in about loss and we can relate to our need for God. When, when we have lost, the challenge always is when we grieve to think that God is not good. And so what we end up doing is sometimes we walk away from God and say, well, if that's how you're going to treat me, you're going to allow this to happen to me. You know, I'm going to walk away. And what I've heard from other people and what the music does for me is it, 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 it allows me to bring my sadness and my sorrow that I can't hold onto into his presence. And I get to allow him to minister to me. And I think that that's the key. Music gives you the way in, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it gives words to groanings that are too deep for words. And that's an amazing gift. I there's so many songs that I can think of that even if it wasn't my words it's it, it's like it it gave wing mm-hmm. to to my sorrow to to like get me above above the water a little bit so I could breathe just so I would have songs on repeat right yeah right. well they're they yeah they're kind of like buoys yeah yeah uh because you you know that you're not alone there's someone else that's singing the same heart cry yeah. and and you know that they got through and yeah. that you're going to be able to get through and sometimes just just being able to say it's it's okay to feel this way for right now mm-hmm. and it's okay to to wonder how long god are you whatever the questions we we see in the psalms you know throughout lots of questions mm-hmm. and a lot of times we learn in our religious situations that you know you don't question. But the reality is we must, and our grief forces us to. And we have to decide whether or not we're going to embrace God in the midst of our loss. The, the tendency is to, like in the garden, the enemy says, is he really, did he really say, that to you he made her question his goodness and anything in our lives that causes us to question the goodness of God can be a hook of the enemy and so that for me has been it's it's become a little warning bell warning bell warning bell I'm questioning the goodness of God what's going on let's stop worship is often the truth that helps confront the lie yes that sorrow can kind of unearth um, and can kind of open because sorrow opens us up Mm -hmm. so then a lot of times um, when when we're open there's so many things that want to get in there and I think when we choose to worship and when we choose to allow healthy music into our life to help us to grieve it it kind of rejects the lie and says no this is the truth God is a God of comfort god loves me he's for me he's not against me and just to tag on to that you know joe you know he said though you slay me yes yet will i trust you i believe and i, I think we've discovered that that's one of the pillars of a sustaining faith mm-hmm. because when we understand that life is full of challenges and and pain it's also full of wonderful things too but we have to recognize that Jesus said, there's gonna be tribulation. You know, it's not like you get saved and everything's perfect. Life is full of challenges. So, being able to say, no matter what happens, God, I will put my trust in you. Putting my trust in you is right now, it's hard to trust anything or anyone, Lord, but I'm going to intentionally place my trust in you and trust that you're going to bring me through, that you're, there's an outcome that's going to bring an upgrade in me and those around me. I'm losing something. Something's being taken from me. I think that's... Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's choosing to see that he, he feels my sorrow with me. That was the most helpful for me, was knowing that he felt it alongside of me, that I wasn't alone in it. Very much was a comfort to me. The fact that he was a man of sorrow and well acquainted with grief. I remember the first time I, I read that in the midst of, of grief and I just thought, oh, well, that, well, that's it. To be well acquainted with grief
1: and the fact that
0: he wants to hold us and keep us and mother us and father us through the pain.
2: Yeah, you know, Hannah, you said something a minute ago and it it made me think about God created music to be a pathway into our soul. And a question I have for you based on something you said, Hannah, when we're in this kind of deep grief, and in this kind of suffocating blackness, and the enemy's right there to get his grips on us, because the light has been taken from us, and we have to choose to get back into that light, but it's like the enemy's right there to just dig his claws in and try to hold us under. And so when that comes to music, do you feel like when we're in this time of grief, are there certain kinds of music that maybe aggravate that or maybe we should try to avoid? Is there like certain types of music, lyrics whatever that help us more than the another
0: kind? I think anything that is going to put you down Um, I know sometimes, you know, with, with certain rock songs can uh, have a tendency of, of saying negative things about the human person, but honestly, I, I really feel like there really isn't a formula because I remember one time a rock song came on the radio and it was exactly what I needed to hear to help something come out that needed to come out. So I think, I think what's, what is the, what's the tricky part is that you don't then allow a lie to come in, you know, like, um, when you're allowing the toxic, whatever to flow out of you and just say, Oh, I'm feeling that. And then moving past it. It's, it's not allowing lies about yourself or about God or about your child to, to kind of creep in, if that makes sense. Um, honestly, a lot of what I listened to were um, things written by others who had suffered and yeah. who, chose, who chose to see God as a friend um, right. in the midst of their loss. I, I found that that helped me stay as soft as I was able to stay. When you choose to kind of surround yourself with an environment of comfort, you will eventually be comforted.
2: Yeah. Hey, with that, can you take your camera and show us what you have on the wall back there? (laughs) I want people to see that what you just said. You literally surrounded yourself with comfort.
0: (laughs) So it says, so there's the comfort and then it says, um, what does God require of us but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly. So I really felt like my whole journey with grief was combining comfort with mercy. And out of that, the greatest gift that I will have for the rest of my life, which is gratefulness. Right. Mm. That's the big one. Honestly, I would not have survived without gratefulness. Gratefulness enlarges my world, rather than letting my sorrow cause it to be small. I was able to to see the kindness of my life in the trauma of my life. Mm. Well, being intentional with gratitude is another form of buoying yourself because you are focusing more on what is good and what is right and what is lovely instead of focusing on your love
2: hannah i know music has played a big part in the healing process of your grief that you have faced over and over again but for you it's not just the music but part of it for you is writing like yeah. lyrics, poetry, journaling, that kind of thing, right?
0: Oh yeah, I find that that's how I'm able to express. I mean, one of the, the early uh, things that I grieved in my life, um, I had a, a dear friend, Priscilla Williams, was helping me walk through some, some sorrow of rejection. And she helped me in the creative aspect. She said, okay, let's do something that you're not afraid to destroy because if we do something on a, on a canvas, you're not gonna wanna mess it up. So she took a paper towel and she gave me a red marker and she said, okay, I want you to write down, what are you angry about? And so I wrote it down and then each thing I wrote, I would rip a piece off of the paper towel and I would throw it on the floor. And it was, it was naming my grief. It was, cho- it was naming it. And handling it. Yeah, and throwing yeah. it away. Yeah, and then at the end, it was choosing to, to say to myself that God isn't angry at me for naming my anger, even when I can't really offer it to him because I'm just not there yet. It's an offering for him that I'm willing to scoop up those pieces of paper and throw them away. It's a weird conduit of channeling your grief in a healthy way. Handling your grief, causing it to be tangible mm-hmm. and something that is releasable. Yeah and a, a lot of people have often maybe don't write have often said that when i have written it has given words to things that they didn't have the words for and so i've been really grateful that that my words have been a gift to, oh, to very, others very life giving and it's helped me you know especially grieving with children you can you have to be normal during the day so like you can't be falling apart when they're like can I have a cheese stick? <laughs> and are you pregnant yet again? And it's been like 2 days. So <laughs> you you have to kind of bide your time. And so I found often through that season I would have little tiny scraps of paper all over the house where I would have a thought of something that was painful and then I'd say lord what do I do with this? And so I would jot it down on a piece of paper. At the end of the day, I would kind of gather all my little clumps of paper and Micah would build a fire and we would just sit and I would write out my thoughts. And I think that people are always surprised at what they have within them when they start to write. And I would really encourage people to do creative journaling, even if it means getting a couple of magazines and cutting out words that speak to you or pictures. Yeah. And, and pasting them in a notebook or, or, on a canvas or whatever you need to do.
2: Yeah, I know for me, it's always been amazing to me how I can have all these scrambled thoughts in my head and as soon as I just start writing, just get the first sentence out, it's almost like bypasses the analytical part of you and you just start writing. You don't think about what you're writing, you just write, you just write, you just write, you just write. It's really amazing to be able to do that.
0: Well, and there are times in grief that it can be hard. It can be a discipline to sit down and write something down. Sometimes it, it still is a choice to say, I'm choosing to put my heart on this paper. And I'm always find that it is, it is a reward. It's rewarding. And even if you think it's gonna be painful and like a job or a chore, it it always ends up rewarding me in ways that I didn't expect it to. I was looking through my journals and one of the phrases that that I wrote down was, um, no words can describe the aching grateful that is the wound of love sometimes. And I say said, that one more time, I wanna hear that again. No words can describe the aching grateful that is the wound of love sometimes. Hmm. Choosing to love can be so risky. And when we choose to love, a child that we've lost, it enlarges our capacity to love when it might be a risk in the future. Like if anyone knows how to love well, it's someone who lost a child. Because especially if you you know your child is, you're losing your child, you're in the process, and you still are to the very end loving your child, which you can't imagine a parent not doing that, it gives fruit to your choice for the future. And I really, I love that that is the gift that choosing love and choosing to be grateful in grief, um, that that's what it does.
2: Yeah, we've kind of been flowing in and out of the music aspect and just the creativity part of things. They're very intertwined though. Um, So we've been talking about, you guys have been bringing up a lot about how important it is to just let a creative side of you come out and I want to kind of shift back into the music for just a little bit why do you think music is so important in the grieving process what is it about music or even creativity as a whole why is this so important that's kind of a loaded question
0: well it bypasses like you you said it bypasses the analytical which would say is it good or is this bad is this right or is this wrong you know like it and because we're spirit, the music is the language of the spirit. It has the ability to take us places internally that a sermon can't, sometimes even a book can't. There'll be times I would be reading and I just I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I would just turn on music. And there, there is something about causing the spirit and soul to intertwine through music that, is vital to countering your sorrow. There's this coming together that, you know what they say about people that um, have multiple personalities, they're they're fractured. And a lot of times fracturing happens when trauma occurs. And it's the way that they survive. It's the way that they go on. Where if you focus in, in the place of grief on staying whole and staying together and allowing yourself like embracing all of yourself and saying, okay, even your body, like caring for your body, caring, caring for your body, soul and spirit, your emotions, I don't know, there's something, music soothes the heart. Look at what David David did with Saul, you know, Saul would call him, you know, come and sing over me. We know that there's
2: something that music does yeah, there's something about music that it keeps us from getting hard, doesn't it? Yeah, it just, really it keeps it. our hearts soft and tender. Yeah. And that is so important in the grieving process because we have so many reasons to be angry. We have so many reasons to be bitter, but we have to choose. I mean, we do have to make the choice whether we feel like it or not. There are choices that we get to make, and I think one of them is choosing to be in God's presence and allow music to just go into almost like the cracks that nothing else can get in. Right. Little tiny places in our heart, nothing else can get there except the presence of God with the music and the worship and the soaking and just being in his presence in that way. And with soaking, I mean,
0: I didn't wanna say you can't, there's certain music you can't listen to because I want people to feel free to do what they need to do in a moment. But primarily, I would definitely say um, softer music that is worshiping the Lord, just making choices to set your heart before him is really going to get you there faster. Choosing to believe, like there's this song um, by Rita Springer, I think it's like, I have to believe that you know my sorrow. I have to believe that you know my pain. Those kinds of songs can really help us. Even if we don't believe in that moment that he does see us, that's us choosing to believe that someone else knows where we're going to get to. It's connecting with God when we feel like we can't connect with him. Music offers that channel. I think one one of the most important things for a person that is experiencing grief to know that, you know, he draws near to the brokenhearted. He comes close to those who are crushed in spirit. Something of my brokenness invites his holy righteousness to come and comfort me and love me and care for me. And we may not have a a good image of God depending on our journey, but I believe that in grief, if we will turn our hearts to him, he will prove himself to us to be that God who is drawn to our brokenness because he
2: knows what it 's like
0: to be broken
2: in some ways it's almost like a lover wooing yes yeah you know yes. it's, it's yeah, he is the lover of our soul and music can be that wooing of drawing us back to that love when a lot of times as grieving parents they question that love if you love me how could you let this happen and so that music is like that that wooing of the lover of our soul drawing us back and it's amazing how often you can hear something said but when you hear it sung exactly it's like a bridge that that just words themselves don't carry the same message as the same words with music right
0: well sometimes music can allow sorrow and comfort to kind of dwell in the same breath yeah and that's pretty magical definitely a gift
2: it is i you know that's one thing i have learned in this grieving process is that pain and peace can actually dwell together yeah yeah you know i i did not know that before i always thought you know You're supposed to have peace at all times. You know, if you're doing it right, if you're doing this Christian thing, right, you're going to have peace. And I have learned peace and pain live together inside of me now. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. It does. And it was your loss that taught
0: you that. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I like myself a lot more since having lost the babies because it has carved me out. It really has. And it has allowed for a connection with the Lord because it has given that, that sharing in his sufferings, in his sorrow and choosing to see his sorrow from a different perspective. Yeah. That, that fellowship, the fellowship of his sufferings. Yeah. I don't think I really understood that phrase. Not until, until I went through something that was kind of suffering-ish.
2: (laughs) amazing what we think we know until we (laughs) until something like this happens and then it's like everything is like out the window i'm starting all over again now who are you god (laughs) it's like let's start this over again (laughs) so i have one more (laughs) i have one more question for you hannah and then we're going to wrap it up uh there are still many times sunday morning church service And I'm still bawling. We're like five years into this. But there are so many songs that we sing about heaven and the glory and around the throne. And I've made a deposit there. You've made lots of deposits there. We have children that are there. And so these songs have such a new meaning to me now that just way beyond what they used to. And I know there are parents that struggle with this. That, that's why they don't want to go to church because they, they, they just can't worship. They're going to bawl. They're going to cry. You know what? I, I'd love to hear a word of encouragement. What do you have to say to those Christians who are just struggling in that time of worship because of the pain that it brings up or because of the joy that it brings up? They're just tired of crying all the time.
0: Be kind to yourself. That's what I have to say.
2: Be kind
0: to yourself. I hate when people are staring at me when I am bawling my brains out about my daughter or about whatever, or, or, or for them that, that they assume I'm not over something or yeah, there are, I, it's, it's hard to be observed in your pain, but I, I do encourage you to go to church and to engage in worship because that in and of itself can help permit other people to engage.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: It's like modeling being real. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Once again, it shows that it's a safe place. Yeah. I mean, where we worship and fellowship together should be a bunch of broken people coming together.
0: Thank you. Thank you very
2: much. I mean, that's who we are. So, you know, let's just you know how yeah however whatever comes out comes out and let God do what he needs to do so well I think we're gonna have to wrap this up I just loved talking to both of you this has just been a, a wonderful time of fellowship Ona, thank you for sharing your your hearts with us so deeply and so freely Kathy has given us permission to end this by one of her songs called these are the tears and I'd love you two to just kind of explain the song Well, the song, These Are the Tears, uh, was birthed the
0: morning after I had cried myself to sleep. And I heard the phrase, These Are the Tears. And I sat on the side of my bed and I wrote down the phrase. And I thought, well, I always thought tears that he captures and keeps in a bottle are special tears, are noble tears. But somehow I knew that the night before my tears were more... They weren't noble tears. Yeah, sometimes grief tears aren't very noble. <laughs>
1: and, 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 like, that was profound, and, Hannah. <laughs> like poor me. Yeah.
0: Um, the reality was that I I felt like he was saying, no no no, Kathy, every single tear, I collect them all because they're all precious to me, and. I think that we are ashamed of tears and yet they're valuable to God. Mm-hmm. And I, that is a huge, when you're going through grief, it's hugely important to recognize that every tear that falls from my eyes is acknowledged by heaven and that my sighs of sorrow are heard above the music in heaven. That's who God is. And that's what I feel like the song It's, I mean, it's only a few sentences, the song, but it is the expression of God saying, these are the tears that I capture and I keep every mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I have said for a while now that I think those of us who have lost a child, if he really does keep our tears in a bottle, we probably have some of the biggest bottles in heaven. <laughs> right. yeah. I just suggest you just close your eyes And let the Holy Spirit minister to you with These Are the Tears.
1: These are the tears, these are the tears that you gather as I That you can't
2: I can't recommend Kathy's CD enough. It's called Nothing Will I Withhold and you can purchase it on Amazon and Hannah and her sister Hadassah sing with her on it and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Like I said at the beginning, this was just part of the interview with Hannah and Kathy that was taken from our GPS Hope and Healing virtual summit. There are a total of 18 sessions in this summit. Some of the sessions are Grief Attacks and Meltdowns with Shelley Ramsey, What If I'm Mad at God with Dennis Apple, Death by Suicide with Dr. Doug and B.J. Jensen, A Dad's View with my husband Dave and a friend of ours, Steve Martindale, When Others Don't Understand with Susan B. Mead. So that's just a brief look at some of the things that are in this Hope and Healing Virtual Summit. If you are interested in finding out more about it or how to get it, just go to gpshope.org slash virtual summit. And I will also put a link to that in the show notes. Let's get to our birthday segment for this week. Stephen Kowalewski was born on March 11th and is forever 28. Amy Rebecca Wetmore was born on March 13th and is forever 30. Andrew Woolard was born on March 15th and is forever 23. Jeffrey Macedo was born on March 15th and is forever 18. We celebrate with these families the day that these children came into the world. It's an important day and it always will be. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday shared with our listeners, I would love to be able to do that for you. Just go to gpshope.org birthdays. There'll be a little form there. Fill it out, submit the information, and I will add them to the list and announce their birthday that week. I hope you were blessed in some way with my talk with Hannah and her mom, Kathy, and that this series on grief and music has been helpful to you. Music really is a pathway to the soul, and it's a powerful tool that God has given us to help us with the deep grief of the death of our child. Don't forget about the drawing for the Amazon gift card. The winner will be announced on next week's podcast in celebration of our 100th episode. And until next week, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.